0: It's 1.37 p.m. Stories of hustle and grind from the intersection of culture, style, music, and sports. Check, check, check. Jeff Sheesby here alongside my main man, Ant Latino. This is short-term high volatility investments. And it's a great day for a great day. The sun is shining. New York is opening back up. I'm obviously wearing my Knicks hat because we're the best team in the league. What's going on?
1: We dubbed this episode, the return. And, and that's what it is. We're back. Spring is still in the air. It's, it's getting there. It's fighting all that those cold fronts that, you know, we're trying to battle. I don't want to turn my heat on again for the rest of the year. The only heat I want to be talking about is these bets,
0: hot get bets, off. baby, cold beers, get that refrigerator going and the microwave doesn't even need to be on because these picks are so good. But we've got a great program for you guys today. Uh, we had a week off there, of course, uh, but we're back, episode 11. And we do have some exciting updates for short-term high volatility investments coming out in the next couple of weeks. Uh, long story short, a little bit of a rebrand uh, or we'll have our own feed spun look out. out uh, and one thirty-seven p.m. apparently believes in us. So we're very grateful for the opportunity uh, for them to keep supporting us, keep giving us airtime, keep cutting up our videos, keep making us look great. So shout out to them. Uh, but and you know, Pretty big week in sports last week. Uh Draft recap. I know you're a Cowboys fan. How are you feeling about that first pick?
1: I, I like the first pick. I like the trade back. I'm a little disappointed that we didn't get it. I'll chop this up as, as maybe a win for the Giants. You know, the, the pick was maybe a little bit early on the wide receiver. But mm-hmm. as a Cowboys fan, when the corners went off the board, I was disappointed. When we traded back, I was happy. When I found out that the Giants fleeced the Bears and traded back for a bigger haul, I was disappointed when we picked Micah Parsons. I was back on the train. A range of emotions within three picks, so there was a lot unfolding. But but overall, I'm excited to have a, a linebacker from linebacker U. Sean Lee goes out. Mm-hmm. Micah Parsons comes in. We keep
0: the Penn State linebacker U. You, you know, train rolling along. That's what we need. Train rolling along. And honestly, that those <laughs> that roller coaster emotion sounds like a usual Sunday for a Cowboys exactly. fan. So exactly. nothing particularly. Uh, groundbreaking there. But, you know, a shout-out to the Giants, right? I wasn't pumped about the receiver that they took. He did look amazing in... uh you know, in, in the highlights. And honestly, you know, I don't follow college football as closely as I probably should, but um, I was very impressed with their ability to essentially still get the players they want while getting more exactly. draft value, not something that we've seen from uh the giants in, in recent years. And and, and not from uh, Gettleman know, they, in, in his career, you know, that's been yeah, a big trade back point. Gettleman dude. It could be yeah. a new trend coming up here. I think he did uh, it no again so. <laughs> a couple,
1: a couple rounds later. I think he did it twice in the weekend.
0: Yeah, and you so, know, I don't know if that was because you know he said right. He said that it was just never a good time for us to do right. so, or right. perhaps he's feeling the heat a little bit and said, "Let's find some value in the draft. Let's 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 get a little Belichickian with our uh, with our strategy." But either way, a pretty good haul there. And you know, I'm feeling pretty good about Mac Jones. You know, we didn't reach, we didn't trade yeah. up. I thought yeah. you know, kind of just staying. Staying the course, it's still getting one of those, you know, QBs. And, you know, people were talking about him as a bit of a systems quarterback, which I get, right? Alabama is that good. But those stats were absolutely outrageous. I I mean, out for 41 touchdowns. Yeah, you know? 41 to 4 with yeah. 4,500 yards. Like, you're still playing SEC corners, man. I don't care how good your receivers are. Uh, and then combo that with the, the overhaul of offensive players for the Patriots. And you already know, as soon as that Hunter Henry trade went through, I locked in New England plus 350 to win the division. And uh, I think it was right before that line moved. So perhaps got a little closing line value. Not that you know, maybe it won't matter because the Patriots perhaps won't be the team to beat in the division. You know, the bills obviously are, but
1: I felt that's pretty a good tough division. I think one thing that's going to be fun to watch over the next couple of years, if you're a fan of those teams or just a fan of football in general, is you got four young quarterbacks all, all in the division, right? Three, uh, what well, do we got? Two rookies from this class, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, Josh Allen, and then obviously, uh, uh, Tua from a year ago, you know, so that's four, you know, Four, four yeah. young guys it's starting
0: to look like the AFC East of old. Back right. when it was actually a competitive right. division, circa two thousand three. Yeah. Um, did you which, want you know, Fields? Did you like Fields or Mac? Expecting yeah, either you know, the Pats to trade meaning. up or one of them
1: to fall? Did you? Did you have? Yeah, a I
0: didn't want to trade up. You know, yeah. I didn't want to unless we were getting you know one of the one of the top right. three. But Fields Trevor. dropping, I thought was I thought Fields was was going to come to us until the Bears made that move. Um, you know, it's just weeks after the Bears had declared Andy Dalton to be their guy. They go out and do this, you know, but it was a good trade for them. Um, one. That super interesting as well with Aaron Rodgers wanting to get out of the division. All of a sudden the Bears, I mean, our guy yeah. Allen Robinson, of course, is an absolute stud. Shout out to Vayner Sports. Um But. I don't know. I mean, I can't wait for September. Is kind of the takeaway here, and you know, the fact that I we have know. to wait this many more months. And I'm still getting push notifications from the Yahoo app of being like, "Which wide receiver should you draft in the top 15?" It's like, bro, I'm not looking at, at, at cheat sheets just yet. Right. But thank That's you, Yahoo, for reminding do. me how long we have until the season starts. But yeah, I mean, all the all Roger stuff there. is going to be
1: interesting. I was trying to do a little digging before the pod. It, I did hear some reports earlier this morning that the Niners are out looking for. QBs to potentially add to the roster. There's apparently some articles out there about Rodgers texting and, and being in contact with some former Packers. I think Favre is one of them. And okay. it seems like there's still a lot of uncertainty. Still seems like that idea of him saying I am not coming back is still out there, which makes you wonder a little bit what the Packers thought they could salvage and why they wouldn't have made a move on on draft day, because now you do have that gap, you know. Uh, you know, but they obviously have Jordan Love on the roster. So, you know, we'll see. It's gonna be an interesting couple weeks, I think. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the NFL is fun right now. Honestly, I feel like yeah. all sports are, you know, just so much parody kind of across the board. I mean, it maybe, you know, the Bucks did bring back all twenty two starters for the first time ever in the Super Bowl right. era. They said they were gonna uh, do it. Yeah, and they did, which is super, super impressive. So for sure it feels like, in my opinion, the Bucks versus the league, even though Kansas City is that good, mm-hmm. even though, you know, there's teams that are gonna give them a run for the money and they're in a tough division. I don't know. It just feels like that's meant to be. And then you got Brady coming out being like, well, of course, Jules hasn't retired. He just wants to come to Tampa Bay. I loved it. Which if you're ever shop, you're trying to sell <laughs> a player, you know, you're, you're homie too. Right. Uh, so it wouldn't be surprised to get a little more senior leadership down there in Tampa Bay with just send with Gronk GE11. on a recruiting trip. I mean, what could possibly go wrong, right? Yeah, for sure, man. Get him on the Gronk's party ship. You know, once <laughs> COVID restrictions up, fucking Steve Aoki's DJing most likely. And Edelman will end up in Tampa. You know, exactly. the boat probably leaves from Tampa anyway. So, you know, he just happened to be down there for a rave. And now uh, right. signed with the Bucks. Who knows? But
1: the rest is history.
0: Yeah. Anyway, enough with the NFL. We've got the next six months to discuss that. NBA sweat check, baby. The playoffs That's are coming. You, of man. course, I'm Let's wearing my. Uh, yeah, I got my anti-purse run on. I applied it twice. Once before this pod. And, and obviously this morning, just because these bets are getting so wet. tea, especially with the play in, man. You know, it's going to be a wild, wild finish here.
1: Yeah, I figured we'd go by conference and I can highlight your plays and just, you know, this is literally, this is the sweat check segment. I want to hear from the old man and, you know, how you doing? How's the deodorant holding up?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm applying more and more. And is that because I got out of shape in the winter? I'm trying to work out. And it's getting humid in New York. Yes. But it's also because all five of these, I mean, we're sitting OK, right? You know, right. I think they are three in the of them went the direction right? I wanted this, this in terms of you were better This could be, a, this could be a sweep for, for sure. Yeah, it's got sweepability, but it also has the the inverse of a. Right. I mean, it doesn't have reverse sweep ability, I don't think. Yeah. But um, it's going to be interesting, right? We're looking at the Warriors, the Hawks, the Blazers, the Wizards, and the Pacers. Yep. Uh, three yeses, two noes. You know, I think obviously the biggest faux pas I had was looking at my Knicks and saying, "Oh, they've got a very challenging schedule through the second half of the year, and they're going to fade." <coughs> And then saying the inverse for both the Pacers and the Wizards, uh, you know, rocking the Pacers here at no to make the playoffs at minus two sixty five uh, is for sure one I'm not particularly thrilled about. But they are the ten seed; they're currently playing in the play in, and they'll have to win two games to get in. And uh, I don't know, I don't know how many back to backs yeah, the Wizards have won. I think that's but. what
1: works in your favor. I mean, the you know, you are on both the Pacers and the Wizards at at, at no. I think mm-hmm. the interesting thing is if the standings ended today, so the, the plan's coming up, I think it's the weekend of the 18th through the 21st, 22nd, whatever that time range is. And you're going to hear a lot about it over the next, you know, two weeks essentially, because first it was Cuban and, and Luca from the Mavs. And then it was right. LeBron talking shit. So it's really whoever ends up in the uh, is sitting pretty in the seven or eight spot. Uh, that's who you're going to hear from the most. Cause that, that's what we've seen, you know, complaint city, these guys, uh, they just need to focus and, and get to number six, but talking about the Eastern conference first, You are sitting on that Wizards no, Pacers no. Uh, One in the plus money, one uh, a a little bit more juiced with that Wizards no at minus 265. Um, So I think the interesting thing about those two is they are sitting 9 and 10. So Mm -hmm. you're going to knock one of them off right away, you know, because it's a single elimination to get to the spot for the, you know, for the eighth play in game. So that's a benefit, you know, for sure. That's
0: a plus. I appreciate you taking the glass half full approach on that one for me. There you go.
1: Um, the other thing in the East I think you're sitting pretty with is is the Hawks. So mm-hmm. the Hawks are right in that mix. You know, they're technically still could fall to to the play in, but I think a lot of things would have to break. I mean, what you're looking at in the Eastern Conference is seven games separate seeds four through ten. Um so that four, five, um, and six would obviously be safe teams. Four and five, I think, are gonna be okay. That's your Knicks, you're repping the hat, and and the Hawks. So as long as you avoid the Hawks losing, you know, two or three games uh, in the mix, um, they should be okay, and and that one should cash, regardless of the play-in.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's plus 100. Uh, we got pretty good value on that yeah. based off of, you know, again, we were using the 538 Raptor and ELO ratings uh, for implied yeah. probability against the Vegas odds, and that implied probability. And uh, then just played the ones with the most space outside of the Warriors. The Warriors, yeah. uh, the data was pointing us till no, uh, but just felt like with Steph's upside, and I believe they had one of the easiest schedules coming into the back half of the year, uh, so we reached a little bit on that one. But they're battling. I don't mind it. And I'm against yeah. the Spurs. I mean, give me that all day. So right. Yeah. The for Spurs have been up and, and down,
1: especially in the second half of the season. And they had some COVID issues early on too. You know, yeah, I think so. the Western conference is another interesting one. You got six games separating seeds, five through 10. Um, you could argue the Pelicans at 11 and the Kings at, at 12, or maybe in the mix, they're a game and a half and two and a half back from the 10 spot, respectively. Mm-hmm. I don't, think they'll get there. Maybe the Pelicans are playing a little bit better, but it's like they're a Jekyll and a Hyde team, you know, for sure. But a poor job by the NBA, really Zion, I guess, not getting into the playoffs two straight years. I feel like they've set this play-in tournament up just to let the Pelicans sneak in there and they, they can't get over the hump, you
0: know? Yeah, yeah, that'll be an interesting one. You know, selfishly hoping that the Blazers can can get up into the six. And I would love yeah. to see the Lakers in the playing game, honestly. I don't know if the NBA
1: – that would be an NBA sweat check on Adam Silver. I don't think the yeah. NBA
0: execs are going to be
1: too thrilled with that one. For sure.
0: I mean, I would love to see it and then, like, have them win. And then if they go on, like, a, a nice tear and, like, I don't know, win the most postseason games ever, right. like, type I don't, does this count as a postseason game? I'm not even sure. Is it just an extended extension of the regular season? I guess
1: technically it could – yeah, I don't know. That's a great question. Does it does it affect the record books? Right? Do you throw it into the postseason stats? Uh, could be. Yeah. Could be interesting. Um, hey, but it I think unprecedented,
0: unprecedented. Ultimately, so, Perfect. we so are sitting brand.
1: on exactly, and you're sitting on three of those or two of those, right? That are still affected. So we haven't talked about the Warriors and the Blazers. The Blazers again. Are in that seven spot right now, so still playing eligible. The Warriors are in the nine spot, so you need the Warriors to win two games if the season were in today. I think the interesting thing there is the Warriors could easily jump into the eight, and the Blazers, like you just mentioned, could easily jump into the six. They could jump either the Mavs or the Lakers. Uh, the Clippers in the top four are kind of settled. So what you're what you're hoping for the Blazers is LeBron and AD stay in rest mode, and uh, you know the Blazers jump into the six spot, and then we just have to to watch Adam Silver sweat.
0: Yeah, for sure. So anti-perspirant up is the uh, the takeaway here. Uh, things could go quite well. Things could go quite poorly. But hey, if that's not short-term high volatility investments, I don't know what are or what is. Go. What are, what is. English, who knows. What could be is really yes. what we're looking at. Amen. But anyway, man, let's move into some picks for this weekend. Right is that the fans business portion out. of the show? Yeah, yeah. That was pleasure. So we're working on two new segments here. BMP, your two favorite uncles, Uncle Business, Uncle Pleasure. You know, sometimes it's me, sometimes it's Aunt. Who knows who's who? But, you know, the business side, we're trying to put out some free picks here. We do the research so you don't have to. We walk you through what we're looking at, why we're looking at it. And if you don't like the analysis, you fade. And if you like the analysis, you tail. Uh, or, you know, you just watch us either crash or burn or, or, or go sky high, you know, depending on how you get your rocks off. But, uh, I've got a couple of plays I know you've got a couple of plays as well and where do we want to start here
1: let's uh let's start with a little futures MLB and then we'll we'll segue into your MLB pick I think for the weekend which is a good look ahead spot so one thing I did recently and uh you know call me a fanboy uh call me uh, uh um you know just a better looking for opportunity right it's a it's a combination of the, of the two with this so I jumped on uh the New York Yankees to win the American League East division at minus minus. 112. Uh, last week, the current line on DraftKings now sits at minus 125. Uh, I had some shekels in the old DraftKings account when I was in New Jersey. Just happened to work out, and I said, you know, now's the time to pull the plug. But this team started so slow. Something you and I are accustomed to a little bit. um You know, even 1998 when they won uh, an MLB record, um, you know, regular season uh, uh, win record that they set. This team historically has started slow. So it is what it is. I wasn't getting too bent out of shape, but they were playing sloppy. It was, if you watch the games, the eye test was, was definitely a little bit worse. They got off to a 5-10 and 10 start, which was actually their worst 15-game start since uh, 97. And there are some concerns in here, uh, you know, specifically how they've fared so far in the division, specifically against the Rays. But at minus 112 and even at minus 125 today, they still sit as the favorite. But this is a huge drop in value. Compared to the, you know, the, the odds at the, at the beginning of the season. So I'm really just looking at it from an opportunity standpoint. I still think they're the best team in the division. I still think they have the best talent in the American league, which is slightly down this year. The Astros not as well. The Yankees are actually playing very well against them. Uh, The pitching stats have been there. Um, ERA, the Yankees pitching staff ranks second at 3.02. K's per nine inning and K's overall. Uh, sitting at third best, the bullpen has played well and actually picked up some of the starters earlier in the year when, when they were struggling a bit. Is For me, it's really all about this offense staying healthy and really getting, you know, clicking. Um, so I do think you're going to see that, you know, since that 5-10 and 10 start, now they're sitting second in the division at 16-14. Mm-hmm. and 14. I think the Red Sox are going to regress and don't have the depth for the rest of the year. It's probably going to come down to the Rays and the Yankees, and, you know, I'll take that play at, at, at even odds. Um, I just need Giancarlo Dan. To keep doing his thing.
0: Yeah, man, I love that. I actually locked it in this morning at minus 150. So, you know, my local bookie hanging a, a bit of a juice number there. But, you, know, as you said, I might have moved uh, the line last
1: week, so I apologize. Yeah, yeah, you started
0: tweeting about it, and and that was that. But you know what? We're seven and uh, I think seven and three last ten. Yep. I think the the pitching is really what's what's worried me here. But um, you know, the Yankees. The last time we talked about them, I guess it was like two or three weeks ago. They had a minus ten run differential today coming into this game. And granted, they did play the Tigers, so that's yep. some free runs. But uh, they're at plus twenty one, just like that. the 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 Boston Red Sox were twenty eight plus twenty. I think last week, two weeks ago. Now they're plus 23. So we're starting to see this uh, start to shake out a little more. Meanwhile, Tampa Bay minus one uh who else is in the division baltimore minus 6 uh so the you know i think the teams are starting to shake out so i even at minus 150 i you know yeah I that's like-
1: honestly the number i was going to drop minus 150 maybe minus 175 if you wanted to lay a little bit that i would i would recommend playing it up to cuz i do think it's going to keep moving you know you're probably still at kind of a buy low point so i think you lock in that number anywhere between you know even odds and, and minus 150 i think is is a great number it's 162 games it's a long season You know, so there's still a lot of baseball to be played, and uh, I think this team's going to settle down.
0: Yeah, for sure. Just a couple of interesting call outs here as I'm looking at run differential. You know, (laughs) haven't haven't gone too deep on this, but, you know, you got your Dodgers in first right at plus thirty seven. They're plus eighteen at home, plus nineteen away. So that's that's pretty solid here. What we see from there is kind of the polar opposite. We got the Giants in third. They're plus twenty five at home plus five away, so not great. Toronto, plus 21 at home, plus three away. Huge split there. The Red Sox, plus four at home, plus 19 away. That's wild. That's a wild, wild. The Yankees, yeah. not surprisingly, plus 19 at home, plus two away, so some value there. Yeah. And here's my favorite one. You know, we always love the Reds. The Reds' lines are always just so sexy. I was on a they yesterday are, sweat, sweating out a one nothing oh sunny day, baby. Yeah, it's a sunny day. I was playing some Mario Golf over the weekend. Of course, I used my guy Sonny. Uh, I don't know if anybody ever played that n '64, but you know, a casual oh, 250 with a slight a slight draw. He's a very safe player on all courses. Uh, but Cincinnati here, plus 23 at home, plus tw- minus 23 away for a perfect zero. Um, so you know, I don't know. I, I think just some some interesting outs here. There is some crazy in the Cubs. Wow, this one's wild. Plus 25 at home, minus 31 on the road. So um, I don't know if these are stats, probably not right. We're only 30 games in, but um, you know, it could be some, some interesting macro team trends to hone in on as we're trying to find spots, um, you know, going a little bit deeper, or I guess a little bit higher up than like pitcher stats, things along those lines, but absolutely always interesting. Always interesting. Yeah. stuff.
1: So let's take us to, uh, I think one of the teams you just mentioned in the weekend look ahead spot. So what are the people going to be tailing and, uh, and why?
0: Yeah, for sure. So I've got two spots I'm looking at yeah. here. Uh, and just a quick reminder for you guys listening, a little bit on my strategy. I uh, overweight pitching matchup stats, so starting pitcher versus opposing lineups. Uh, and then from there, look to find you know pitcher season stats for sort of macro regressions on either direction. So first one I'm looking at here, and is the Padres and the Giants' first five under. I think there also could be a narrative to take the... Um, what is it? The Giants team total under. Uh, right. And I'll, I'll tell you why here in a second. But first, starting with the pitching matchup, this is going to be Joe Musgrove versus Kevin Gossman. Uh Used to be Gas Can, man, as I used to call him back with that 5.72 ERA. I think it was 2019 in Baltimore. But between him and Bundy, I mean, it was just auto fades. But, you know, he's and always had Bailey pretty good... Don't forget yeah. Homer Bailey <laughs> yeah. Day. And Homer Daily Day switched as well when he had a year, what was it, two years ago? he yeah, was even Bundy's on. So I think everyone's trending back a little bit. Yeah, even Fulton, Fulton yeah. Newitz is coming back. Yeah. Fulton Day Fulton. in 2018 was auto win, and then yeah. in 2019 was auto <laughs> loss, and he got sent down to the minors. But anyway, Giants-Padres, first five under, looking at weighted on-base percentage, a good stat to quantify types of hits that these guys are giving up. League average is 320. Musgrove matchup, <laughs> 213. Gausman, 296. So both of these guys are above average in compared to the overall league, which is a good sign for the under. Isolated power, ISO, another stat that I love, uh, essentially a measure of a uh, hitter's raw power and tells you how often a hitter hits for extra base, hit it's, exactly the opposite of that when a pitcher how often they, they give up these extra base hits uh, 140 is about league average 200 or above uh, would be either an elite hitter or a, a pitcher who gives up a ton of a ton of big hits uh, both of these guys thankfully again under that uh, league average uh, Musgrove here is 113 uh, Gausman is 0.092 so both very very solid at limiting uh, the long ball and extra base hits uh, and then of course looking at matchup FIP fielding independent, independent of pitching measuring what a player's would look like over a given period of time if the pitcher were to have experienced league average results on balls in play and league average timing. Uh, so both of these are very, very good too. Musgrove here at 2.34 and Gaussman at 1.95. So both of these guys have pitched well against each other, uh, each other's squads here. Uh, and then, you know, that takes us to the 2019, 2020, 2021 stats, right? And, you know, I think not new news here. We knew Musgrove was kind of due for a breakout for a couple years. He's yeah. had a, you know, he's got a career sub for F- expected F. IP. Uh, which is great. And his ERA has always been just a touch above that. He's never really been on a good team. Um, So now that he's competing, I don't know, maybe he's just got that little extra motivation. But, um, you know, he's been phenomenal this year. 2.38 ERA with a 2.73 expected FIP. So he's been great. And the data shows that he should be great, which is awesome. Uh, The only thing that's really changed year over year here is he's added a cutter into his fastball repertoire. Uh, His overall just straight up fastball usage down 19%. Every single one of those 19% has gone into this cutter. So a little more action, uh, a little more variance I think these batters are seeing uh, and it's going well. The only concern I have with Musgrove is that his uh, batting average on balls in play, BABIP, is .197. 197 is very low. That's usually around 300. Uh, So he has been getting a little lucky on balls in play or has been inducing a lot of soft contact. But either way, Even if you're only inducing soft contact, that should be hovering around 250, 197 is a concern. Uh, But we're seeing similar things on the other side of the ball, right? Back to Gausman, you know, again, 5.72 ERA in 2019, but he did have an expected FIP of uh, 4.05, pretty good. Uh, Then he was good in in 2020, you know, 3.62 ERA, and then he's continued that success this year, uh, 2.4 ERA. I think more importantly, he does have a 3.71 expected FIP, so he should regress more towards kind of those league underlying or his his career underlying averages, but uh, pretty good. He does have a low batting average on balls in play as well uh, at 210. So both of these guys uh, are kind of due for a slight regression, a slight unlucky train, but I just don't think he comes this week, mainly because of how these teams have been hitting. Uh, in terms of first five uh, runs per game, we have San Diego at 26th in the league, obviously not very good. San Francisco here is okay at 14th in terms of runs per game. But then when we look at hits per game, I think this is an interesting stat to kind of quantify how they're getting their runs. San Diego is 18th, San Francisco is 24th. Uh, So both of those things, if anything, uh, I think San Diego, San Francisco is just over overachieving a touch in the in the early innings. But uh, once again, I'm looking for the first five under here. Why not full game? You might ask. Uh, the Padres bullpen has been great. Uh, they're currently number five in ERA at two point seven four. Uh, but boy, the San Francisco Giants uh, bullpen has been <laughs> less than stellar. Twenty one in the league, a uh, four point four seven ERA. So if I can avoid that, I think I will. Uh, I'm looking for this four, first five under to be probably in the four point five, probably four range. I think a four would would indicate an under. Uh, But I also wouldn't mind the Giants team total under, uh, knowing that they're way above their runs per game compared to hits. Their home runs per game isn't particularly uh, inspiring. Uh, And the San Diego bullpen has been very, very good. So I think Musgrove is going to bring it. I think their bullpen will also bring it and depending on where these numbers are, I think I need probably that that team total to be probably three and a half uh, for me to take that under. If it lower, then I'd probably go lower too. Uh, but it, uh, either way, I'm looking for a lack of runs in, in that game.
1: Is this game at Petco too, or is it in San Fran? Uh,
0: this game, I believe, is in San Fran. San Fran. Um, But I would triple check that. Yeah. And let's see, any interesting... I guess the Giants are plus twenty five at home in terms of run differential here, so that could be something yeah. that's that's worth noting. Let's see where San Diego. But that San bullpen Diego. stuff
1: that you mentioned is, is key. I mean, I watched that most recently in their Rockies series. I think they gave up at least in one game, like a, a shellacking late, um, and I think they might have blown two leads in that you know pretty big leads to to the Rockies. So Something to look out, out for. Hell
0: all this time, truly. Yeah. truly. Bullpen but, magic. Yeah, good stuff there. And then um, I do have one other MLB lean here, a weather play. let to touch on that real quick. Oh, Wrigley Field, you say? Wrigley Field, I say, and I think you perhaps say it as well. Right now, mm-hmm. okay, it's Thursday when we're recording this. Whenever yep. you listen to it, a lot can change weatherwise in a few days. But right yep. now, we're looking at nine mile per hour wind blowing straight in. I would love for that to get to twelve, maybe thirteen miles per hour. But it's also going to be a real feel of fifty degrees when this game starts. It's going to be a cold day in Chicago, cold and blustery. Uh, usually pretty good uh, for the under. And then on top of that, I do don't I don't mind the the pitcher data here. Uh, really small sample size for both these guys on a matchup. We've got Trevor Williams and Will Crow squaring off. Trevor Williams, a longtime pirate, spent the first either four or five years of his career in Pittsburgh before coming over to Chicago this year. Uh, but his FIP against this matchup is 4.35, pretty good, better than his ERA this year as well. And, uh, you know, touching on Trevor Williams uh, with uh, a couple weeks ago, I think it was on the, the show with Jared and Ariel, but he's getting really, really unlucky. You know, he's got a six ERA right here with a 4.25 expected FIP, so he should be better. Uh, and we are talking about batting average on balls in play and playing those other guys being you know really really low his is really really high it actually went up he's uh 3. 0.368 right now up from 351 a week ago so once again that's indicating that his un- unluckiness is there. Uh, outside of Z ERA, he's got the highest K rate of his career, but control for sure has been an issue. It also has his highest walk rate per year, 4.67 across nine, uh, which is no good. But I think narrative-wise, he's coming off his worst start of his year, and he's playing against his, his, his former team, and the wind is blowing in. All of that is pretty good. Combine that with the fact that Pittsburgh is currently 27th in runs per game, a nice spot for him to get a good effort here. They're 21 in hits per game, so that's also pretty sexy. And I think what I'm really debating here is whether or not I want to back uh, the under of the game or specifically the Pirates team total under uh, because I do have some concerns with Will Crow on the mound. He's got a 4.66 ERA with a 5.74 expected FIP. He's been performing better than he should be. And if we want to talk about control as an issue... (laughs) He's got a 7.45 walk per nine rate um, after he had an 8.64 walk per nine rate last year. So is he improving? Yes, but yeah. Boy, those are big yeah. numbers. Uh, he does have a small sample size, and the clubs do strike out a lot. They're twenty six in the league in terms of strikeouts. So, if there's ever a time for him to get right. It does feel uh, like here, but anyway, um, you know what I'm betting here? What am offense, I looking very, at? Very,
1: very streaky too. I mean, I think they've they've exploded and, and played really well against the Dodgers. Still, some low scoring games, um, mm-hmm. but it, I feel like it's been three or four wins and they, you know, play well, and then three or four or five games where they're getting embarrassed. So you you also might be catching the the Cubs off a little bit of a, a hot swing and maybe some of that regression comes back into play.
0: A hundred percent. And that's a great point. And it leads me perfectly into my final point on the Cubs here. They're ninth in the league in terms of runs per game. They're 26th in the league in terms of hits per game. So they're not getting their runs by playing good baseball, by getting small ball. Uh, They are number seven in home runs per game. So when you got the wind blowing in with a team that strikes out a lot and a guy that has some serious junk, but no control. To me, that that that's that's a recipe for for an under here. So uh, I'm looking for the Pirates team total under or the game under. Would love that to be in the eight range. Um, I think anything higher, then maybe we need to say, ah, yeah, maybe these pitchers aren't as good as we're we're hoping they will be. Uh, but I think, p- pending weather, uh, that'll be a play for me.
1: Yeah, when you see a seven and a half, an eight, maybe an eight and a half uh, in Chicago. There's usually some some big weather trends there and mm-hmm. some reasons and and those numbers you know typically perform pretty well so I think you're a great spot to look check the weather report check the Twitter you find out what he's on.
0: Amen. And yeah, let's kick it back over to you. Yeah. You've got one more, uh, some thoughts on NBA. If I'm not yeah, mistaken, one more NBA
1: look ahead. We figured we'd do some variety and, and spread it out a little bit. So, a nice uh, potpourri, if you will, that's right, that's right. Friday, Saturday, we got it all covered futures. You know, we do it all here. We do it all. So we are looking at the Lakers blazers, uh, the aforementioned sweat fest, uh, that we alluded to before, right? Uh, this is the sixth seed and the seventh seed respectively in the Western conference right now, I think separated by a game, game and a half. Um, uh, or less, Uh, they've played twice this year. Um, Blazers won back on December 28th, 115-107. They were kind of at full strength, CJ, Dame, Nurkic, the whole crew. Uh, Then they went ahead and lost on February 26th, the more recent showing 102-93. The Lakers were slight favorites in in both, minus six, the first one off the loss. The line held uh, to Lakers minus five in the second one, and they did cover. No CJ, no Nurkic for Portland in that one, but no AD for the Lakers in the second matchup. But what I'm actually looking at here is the total. Um, and I'm really, you know, I lean over um, and, and I'll get to why. Uh, but I do think the number is going to say a lot, whether we take the over, take the under, or maybe just stay away completely. But that first game back on 1228 uh, was a total of 229 points. Um, that means they went under or the, the, the total ended, landed rather at 229. Um, so they came in under seven. What they then did was adjust that line down pretty well uh, to under 223 in the second game, but the second game only came in at 195. So you had Ooh. that thing going under by 28 points in the second matchup. That's um, a lot of points, exactly. So now you walk into the third matchup, uh, a tough game, right? And um, a a or AD should play, but no LeBron in this matchup. It seems like he's going to sit uh, the back-to-back. So I really want to see what the number does. And I think the number is going to tell us a lot about where to lead uh, a lot will depend on Portland three-point shooting. You know, they, they take a ton of threes, like most teams in the NBA, but they're definitely up there. Um, and I was trying to look at some of the, you know, point totals during this LeBron-less stretch for the Lakers. And they're averaging about, uh, one hundred five. Um, over that stretch. But a lot of that was without ID. So I actually think without LeBron, the the pace will pick up. And I think if that number holds, you know, close to that higher number, you know, maybe somewhere in the 220 to 223 range, you know, I think it's screaming for the over and, and the pace to look a little bit different. Um, if it dips below that, then then maybe they are, you know, pointing to more of just the, you know, the under city. So I think it's more of the line uh, to watch here, but I think it was a super interesting trend, you know, and a look ahead spot for what's going to be a tight game.
0: Yeah, so conclusion there, essentially the 223 that went under by 28 points, you think if they hold it around 223, 220 to 223, then what Vegas is saying is that 195 total was totally the an outlier.
1: outlier. And let's get this pace back up. Let's and I think the LeBron being out helps that because, you know, LeBron does tend to slow that pace a little bit. Uh, You know, holding the ball if they're running, you know, point LeBron through him. So I I think even with AD and things running through the post, I still think you're going to see a quicker pace. And, you know, a lot could come down to the Blazers and three point shooting. That's the NBA, you know, we live in today. But I think if that numbers up there, you know, around that 223 mark, I think that's a pretty strong indicator.
0: I love it, man. I love it. All right, well that's good stuff there. I did want to take one second here, and I didn't, I didn't uh, preview on this one, but it's I did want ready. to give a shout out to my uh, my Tufts Jumbos uh, D three lacrosse. They are in the NESCAC championship this week on Saturday. I'm rocking uh, some of the Tufts gear that I wore when I rode the bench for them for a few years back in college. A couple career goals, but you know never never made it into the big leagues. But uh, you know wishing them the best of luck. This offense is outrageous. They've been scoring thirty a game by twenty five a game against the NESCAC, So I'm expecting them to win big, and they just Came off a D1 win versus Dartmouth, uh, where they outshot Dartmouth seventy three to thirty seven and won that game, not fifteen to nine. So, uh good luck, Jumbos, Roll Buzz. The MFBTs are rooting for you. And anything else to close us out here?
1: No, just uh, find us on Twitter. Uh, come see us. We're always doing fun things. uh We started. I started a Slack community. You guys are welcome to hit me up, DM, join that, uh, get in the mix. Um, you know, look for us to be dropping picks. Analysis leans all weekend, um, and we appreciate the support. Boom,
0: baby. That's a wrap. Have a great weekend, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers. This is 137 p.m. Own your future. Start this minute. 137 p.m. is a gallery media group original production.